Hey, hey, Catherine here. Got a quick question for you. Do you ever wish things were happening quicker in your business? Like you're looking at that big goal you want to hit, whatever that might be. Maybe it's to reach multiple six figures or seven figures. Maybe it's not a financial goal at all. Maybe it's to put more systems in your business to experience more freedom. Or maybe it's to hire your first employee to make enough money in your business to be able to hire someone to help you in your business. Whatever that goal is, you're looking at it, but it feels like it's so freaking far away or that it's not happening fast enough. You're not achieving that goal fast enough. I've definitely got caught up in the I want it now or yesterday energy and mindset. Could be the manifesting generator in me who moves really quickly once I put my mind to something. But I also think that it's really hard for high achievers to break away from this mindset and energy. Someone who's experienced success in their corporate or professional career, but can't quite seem to crack the code in their online business, or at least not fast enough. I've spent the last year, as you know, reevaluating a lot of things in my business and life. And today's guest, Keisha Fitzgerald, touches on one of the biggest lessons I've learned about business, and that's how to learn to love the process. Keisha is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, speaker, and podcaster who's on a mission to help women unapologetically share their voice and message with the world. She's the host of the top-rated podcast, Empower Her, with over 3 million downloads the first two years. She's also the founder and CEO of She Goes Company, which is focused on cultivating a global community of personal growth obsessed women and helping women who want to launch and grow their podcast. She's found that what's often holding women back is the thoughts that they think about who they are and what they are capable of. So she takes her knowledge from working with hundreds of entrepreneurs over the years, paired with her high energy, bubbly personality, and a come with me, let's figure this out together approach to light a fire under their booty to get out of their own way and go. I think this topic is such an important one to talk about in the entrepreneurial space, especially because we live in this instant gratification, I want it now world. I mean, at the end of the day, here's the thing. If you're not love the process, if you're not loving what you're doing, if you don't like doing the things that are going to get you to those goals, what's the point, right? If you're just mucking your way through this and you're feeling icky about it and nothing really feels that great and you're dreading it, just so that you can achieve some goal down the line, what's the point? The whole point of this is to love the process. So if you're feeling stagnant in your business or like things aren't happening quick enough, you're in for a real treat today. So stay tuned. After generating over a million dollars in sales and selling one of her businesses with a single email, your host, Katherine Thompson, takes an unconventional approach to marketing and sales. So if you're ready to tap into a more powerful way to be seen, heard, and a sought-after entrepreneur in your industry without having to spend endless hours marketing your business and chasing clients, you're in the right place. Be the Sought-After Entrepreneur Podcast is here to help you ditch the cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach to marketing and use your unique energy to effortlessly attract the most aligned clients. When you do this, you can spend less time marketing your business and and more time doing your soul work and enjoying the richness of your life. Welcome to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur Podcast. And here's your host, Katherine Thompson. Hey, hey, I am super stoked to have Keisha on the show today to chat all things about loving the process and business. I'm super excited to connect with you and have you on so that our listeners can 
hear your perspective and learn from you. So without further ado, I'm just going to turn it right over to you if you want to share with our listeners who you are and what you do. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited and I'm just very appreciative of this opportunity to connect with everybody. So I'm Keisha and let's see, my backstory is, I feel like a lot of your listeners will be able to connect with this where totally. <laughs> I did the thing that I thought that I should do for a long yeah. time until it felt so uncomfortable. I had to make a change. Yes. And what I mean by that is, you know, I went to college, I got the corporate job. I started working my way up the corporate ladder. And because we often become a byproduct of the expectations of our peer group, I didn't understand like what other options I had. It was kind of like everybody just works their way up and this is what we do. And I actually had a really good situation. So I didn't have a back against the wall. I need to make a change type of situation. I had great managers, a great career trajectory. I made a great salary. I worked in IT project management and there was a lot of growth and a lot of people externally were clapping for me, right? Like totally. job, like, look, you got this amazing role. You work at this awesome company. My last corporate job was actually working at Google and amazing opportunity. But yeah. internally, I had this gut feeling that I wanted more. And I don't mean that being an entrepreneur is more than being in the corporate world, but I mean more in alignment where I felt like I got to be a fully expressed version of myself and I got to make the impact that I wanted to make. But like a lot of entrepreneurs can connect with, I didn't know what was the thing. Yeah. I have a gut feeling that I want to do something else, but what in the world is it? So I decided that I would start trying things on for size, kind of just on the side. I was going to work this full-time corporate job and I was going to do something on the side and just kind of test the waters. Love it. And the first thing that I got into was network marketing back in January of 2014 and ended up building that business before and after work, learned a ton of skills. It was really kind of like my gateway into entrepreneurship and I loved it. And from there, built that for a couple of years. I left the corporate world in 2015 And then I got that gut feeling again, after speaking on a ton of stages, building a seven-figure business, getting to do all these really cool things, I was like, wait, this doesn't feel aligned anymore. And it was kind of like a gut feeling that was a rumble that started to turn into a roar. And I was like, ah, let me go back and try something else on the side. So I started a podcast, Empower Her, in 2018. From then, built it for a year, built a massive community around the podcast, and then decided to launch my new company, She Goes where we help female podcasters grow, scale, and monetize, launch their podcast. We got a merch line. We're doing live events, all the things. So it's been a lot of twists and turns. I've just been buckled up for the whole ride, including the ugly cries on the bathroom floor where you're snotting your mascara, get together in your mouth. And then the really high highs where you're like, I can do anything. And sometimes those things happening in the same hour. Totally. I love it. I love it. And I love that you've tried a bunch of different things on. I think our story even resonates. Like I worked 15 years in corporate you know, gave up the good job. It was great, great pay, great benefits, all that jazz, but it just wasn't in alignment. And then I jumped into the wine world, opened a custom winery, decided that wasn't for me either. Sold that a year ago in the midst of COVID. And now I'm doing the online thing and helping entrepreneurs. And so I love that you've like tested all the things. I think that'll resonate with a lot of our listeners, but also the fact that like you had a really good job with Google and you stayed true to yourself and walked away from that, right? And that can be hard for a lot of people who are wondering, do I dive into this entrepreneurship thing? Like, what do I do? So do you have like a secret sauce or what do you feel like is, you know, a big lesson that you've learned with the roller coasters, the ups and the downs, the ugly cries and all that? (laughs) Ah, I think it's just the process is guaranteed the outcome isn't. So I've been able to really 
detached from where it's going to go and getting too caught up on some arbitrary milestone that I'm waiting to reach to feel proud of myself, but instead saying like, what do I need to do today to win the day so I can feel really fulfilled, feel like I'm making progress as humans. We love progress Yeah, closer to that bigger vision, knowing that that bigger vision is actually going to change as I continue to build confidence and start to just like make progress in that direction. So everything for me in entrepreneurship is about building confidence at the foundation. As in like, I think of confidence, like it's a bucket yeah. every single day that you show up and keep a promise to yourself and do the thing that you said that you're going to do after the feeling that you said it and is gone. That whole concept, it's like, you're putting a deposit into your bucket, which means, especially in the online space, when something goes wrong, like yeah. Sally Sue 293 on Instagram, like says you've got a stupid business, right? Or like you're talking with your aunt about it and she doesn't get it. And people don't understand you or you do a launch and it just like is a total flop, whatever it is. It feels like someone like hit the side of your bucket for sake of this analogy and some of your confidence sloshes out. But because you're focused on those tiny little milestones along the way, the tiny little things to celebrate and the tiny little wins that you accomplish on a daily basis, you don't feel fully depleted. And right. if you've got confidence in your ability to figure it out, no matter what curveball you're dealt, you're going to be able to navigate it. And that's something that I've always just believed is like, if I can just believe in myself, I can do anything. I don't really care how long it takes me to get there as long as I'm focused on making the process even more enjoyable than what the process could produce. Amazing. And I remember when I first started in the online space two years ago, before we even sold our wine business, I remember one of the first comments I got was like, that girl looks constipated. And you know, it it does totally shake. And I love the analogy of like, it just kind of like rocks your bucket a bit. And then water, you know, your confidence spills out and it's like, okay, get back up on the, on the horse and, and keep going. So what would you say to somebody? Like, how do you develop this confidence? Yeah, I think for me, it's been kind of like this dance between a micro focus and then a big macro vision. So the micro focus is so simple. It's like, what do I need to do today to win the day? But also not comparing yourself. Like we know not to compare ourselves to other people, but not comparing yourself to a different season or a different state. For example, like maybe this week you are navigating a ton of anxiety because like your kids are starting school or what, you know, whatever it is that's going on in your world, or you're navigating grief, or you're just having like a really off season it's like reminding yourself that maybe what you did last week or last month and let alone last year, that might not be the success criteria for winning the day today. So what is the thing that I need to do today? Because then you can kind of just focus on stacking those wins. And then what I have to be really conscious of is the distance between where I am now and where I want to go and how I'm labeling that space. Because I'm sure a lot of people that listen into this podcast are ambitious go-getters. Yeah. It's like, you've got this big vision of where you want to go. And it's really easy to say like, ah, that is so far away. I'm not even close to becoming that person. Totally. And the truth is you're not, you're not, I'm not the person that can accomplish those big dreams. I'm not qualified, but I'm qualifying myself in the process. So I've got to figure out how to enjoy this dance and label this space between where I am now and where I want to go with something that actually serves me. Like, I'm excited to see the growth. I wonder how good I'm going to get. How much impact can I make? How confident can I become? Like, how is this going to benefit me as a human and everybody around me that could benefit as a byproduct versus what we do when we're stressed? Oh my gosh, when am I going to get there? How can I get there faster? How come she got there more quickly than I did? All that crap. We ask ourselves crappy questions. We get crappy answers. And then we do what our brains are designed to do. Look for evidence to support that to be true. And then we just spiral. And then yeah. it's just like, Bleh. and then you're just down for too freaking long. 
And my goal is not to not fall down. My goal is just to get back up more quickly and take what I learned when I fell. Right. Yeah. And it is so true. Like the high achiever, the ambitious entrepreneur that wants and has that big vision. A lot of people I work with, like have this massive vision and you're right. It's like freaking out in the moment. Cause it's like, how the heck do I even get there? So in terms of like staying grounded in the day, like how do you stay grounded in that? Cause I know comparison happens and it's easy to get into that spiral. And when you talk about getting back up quickly for some people, it's hard to get back up quickly or they don't even know how to get the hell back up. <laughs> yeah. So I think a lot of people talk about comparison where they say, don't compare yourself to other people. And I just yeah. don't think that's possible as humans. I think as humans, we're designed to want to belong. So we're yeah. going to compare ourselves to other people. And in fact, comparison can be helpful if you can use it as an indication of like someone's done something that you want to do and we can clap for them and be grateful that they paved the path for us to show us what's possible. But also to, to use that as an indication, like that person, they're seeing that success. Like, what is that doing for me internally? Oh, it's because I want something that they've accomplished. Great. I can use that as an indication, like a compass to kind of steer me in the right direction versus telling myself a story that they have something that I don't. And then we have to be really conscious about how much we're consuming versus creating. Because if yeah. we're just watching other people work and build their business, wishing that we had the business that they had, it's like, girl, you're spending so much time watching her. You don't aren't actually doing it. And she's not watching you. She's just out there building, right? So it's like, we got to have this like healthy frame of reference. But that being said, it's like what helps me not you know, stay down for too long is I'm very intentional about asking myself what I actually want, not what I think I should want, not what society is telling me I should want, not what other people in this industry are doing that have similar like, you know, niches as I do. Like none of that. Like I, it doesn't matter because I have to be really focused on how can I gain more self-awareness? How can I ask myself the questions of like, is this actually in alignment for me? If nothing was off limits, what would I actually do? right? And figuring out how can I reverse engineer getting the feeling that I think that I want from accomplishing that goal, but getting it now, right? So like a lot of times we set these goals because we're like, oh, I think that it's going to mean something or I'm going to feel differently about myself when I achieve that goal. But instead I'm like, okay, how yeah. can I get some of that feeling right here, right now so that I can get excited about getting back in the game? Because I know that falling and just stumbling face planting is a part of this journey. <laughs> So I have to almost like normalize that, yeah. right? So that's really helpful. Yeah. For me, I guess. It's like the reframe of it too. And then not beating myself up if I do compare, but instead asking like, where is this coming from? And how can I celebrate someone who's done something that I want to do rather than scrutinize them or say that they have something that I don't? Totally. And I know that a lot of people look at and a lot of entrepreneurs that I work with have a hard time getting in that feeling because they're like, I have never felt that before. So how do you go about doing that? How do you go about taking a feeling in it, like something that maybe you haven't felt before or experienced before and starting to live it now, which is essentially why I started Be The Sought After Entrepreneur podcast was because I was, I'm wanting to empower people to be that person now so you can get the things you want down the line. And so how do you go about doing that? Like feeling that now? <laughs> Almost like you have to get good at dreaming bigger, which is sometimes it's actually a skill set. Like people say like dream big, but it's like, it's something that you have to actually practice of like figuring out what are the narratives that you're telling yourself about what you're capable of and where did you actually get that narrative from? Right. Cause sometimes it's like, we unintentionally put ourselves in these boxes 
of like, I can't think that big. I can't do that thing. So we can't even tap into the feeling because we can't even get our mind to even think that it's possible for us. So first, I think it comes from doing like the internal work of like, what do I believe is possible for me? And when you catch yourself wanting to limit it, asking yourself, where did that belief actually come from? Who told me that? And is it actually true? Because you might need to throw out that belief in general. I know I had to work on a lot of money mindset things that were stories and narratives that I adopted from my family that I don't even actually believe to be true. But because I never questioned those beliefs, it was really hard for me to tap into this abundance mindset at first because I was like, what do you mean like abundance? Like I had this narrative of like, if you make a certain amount of money, then you're not as good of a person. Like it was like really skewed of to what my actual beliefs are. And once I dug into that, into that inner work, then I started to see like, I could kind of push myself a little bit. Well, what if I just tried this? What if it did work out? And I just started to like play with the idea of like, can I entertain the idea that what if it's going to be even better than I think it could be? What if what's happening for this person could happen for me? And kind of doing it from this creative lens, because then you can kind of tap into the emotion if you're not able to actually see yourself there. And another thing that works really well for me from like a brain perspective is I kind of toggle between a year ago version of me and then a year ahead version of me. So I'm kind of always toggling where I want to feel proud of myself for how far I've come by looking back one year. And anyone listening to this episode can think back to something that you've navigated in the last year. I mean, the last year and a half has been such a curveball for all of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> Look back and think of like, what was something that I didn't believe that I was capable of doing, yet here I am on the other side, and I might even be better because of having to learn how to navigate it. Because it's almost like you're challenging your own belief of what's possible for you, of what you're capable of, which can help you tap into dreaming bigger and thinking bigger. And then it's like, if you can't think of a bigger vision or you can't tap into that feeling of what you want because you haven't practiced that enough yet, think about if there was a one year ahead version of you, what gifts would you want to give her? What would she be be grateful for you, this version of you now, one year from now? So for example, do you want to give her more options? What would your life look like if you could have more freedom or if you could make the type of impact or have the time that you want to spend the time with your family or your kids or What do you want people to be saying to you about the impact that you've made in their life and start to visualize just one year ahead? Because sometimes the five-year tenure feels too big. So it's just like the one-year toggle helps me a lot. Yeah, and I think that that's such an important thing because I do think that that too futuristic, like five, 10 years down the road gets in people's heads because they're like, well, I've never lived this. I've never experienced it. So like, how can I even embody that feeling now? But I also think that a lot of entrepreneurs, high achieving, ambitious female entrepreneurs have a hard time celebrating where they've come. Like to even pause and say like, look where I've been or look how much I've grown over the last year. So any sort of thoughts or advice around that of like how we can celebrate ourselves more and just like, revel in the moment of being like, heck, look at what I've done. I've built this business or I've served this many people. I've had this much impact. Like how can we celebrate ourselves more, stop for a moment and actually do that? (laughs) Yes. Oh, this is something that I crush it at. I've got flaws, but I crush it at (laughs) celebrating, which helps me. Cause like a lot of times people think celebrating the little tiny things or getting really excited is trivial, but I think it's ever, it's why I'm consistent. It's why I can keep showing up is because I am obsessed with the process rather than what the process can produce. So what I like to do two tangible things. One is anytime that I'm adding new habits into my life, I like to habit stack, right? So something that you're already doing, for example, brushing your teeth. When you go to bed at night, you're always going to brush your teeth, 
so what are you doing during that? You know, my fiance is a dentist. So we do like full sonic <laughs> in our house. So like I have the full experience of brushing my teeth. But at night, I'm thinking, what is it today that I'm proud of myself for? And talking to myself in a really positive way the entire time that I'm brushing my teeth. It started with just that of like yeah. adding that tiny thing in, right? Those things that are like bookends of your days. Like how can I add in a tiny little habit that's going to help me become the type of person who celebrates and feels pride and feels excited about how far I've come. So something like that is just a really baby way to start. And then I also think when you're setting goals, it's thinking about who else could I loop in to be part of this celebration? So when I hit X milestone in my business, someone on my team and I are going to do X, Y, Z, or when I accomplish this and it's pretty close, I'm going to go on this fun date night or I'm going to buy this, whatever, or whatever it is, I'm going to give back to this type of organization, like something that you can tie in those like tiny little things where you've got this big goal that you're working towards, but you almost are intentionally like chopping it up into layers. Like it's a whole cake. And these are just steps along the way that you have to celebrate because it just gives you that momentum and because you aren't guaranteed any type of outcome, like I've actually, I lost two friends at age 30. Wow. Which is, one was a freak accident. One was a cancer diagnosis that was crazy. And you don't have to lose someone close to you. Although a lot of us probably have to recognize that like our days are numbered here. And we say that, but like really think about that. If you're literally waiting till an arbitrary milestone that you set, in your business, or maybe you didn't even actually set this goal. You just think that's what your goal should be. Like, I need to have a six-figure launch or whatever, all this yeah. crap on social media. It's like, hold on. Like, what is guaranteed? Literally today. And yeah. that's it, right? And taking it back to that, like from an emotional level, it's raising the necessity to need to celebrate for the fact that like, this is the gift that you have of today. Totally. And I think, you know, it is so true that we push ourselves to you know, have these experiences in our life that change our perspective. We wait until we have those to make a change and to go after the things that we want. And, you know, life is short and you are right. We only have today right now to make things happen. So how do you detach from that outcome? Because I know that's a really hard thing for a lot of entrepreneurs. They've got this big outcome and they might have said it because somebody else on social media has a six or seven or multiple eight figure business or whatever that goal is that someone's posting on social media So they set it for themselves, but they don't even know what their own definition of success is really. So they've got this outcome that they're really attached to and they're not getting there fast enough. They're not, you know, they don't see the progress fast enough and they get discouraged and they want to quit. Like, what can you say to that entrepreneur that wants maybe a little bit of that instant gratification or wants that thing to happen sooner or quicker and it's just not coming fast enough for them? Oh, I love (laughs) this question because it's such a huge problem in our culture too. And It's interesting because I help a lot of women launch podcasts and then grow and scale and monetize their podcast. And I was on a Zoom call with 30 women that are in this mastermind that I do for podcasters. And I was like, how many of you guys would want to have 1 million downloads on your podcast this month? And the the chat just went hand. They're like, yeah, Kaysh, like, (laughs) and I was like, that's interesting because I don't want 1 million downloads of my podcast yet. Keyword is yet, because I think about it from the perspective of, Say I were to get this goal right now, I'm not the person, nor do I have the business that can actually support those type of results without everything spontaneously combusting. So sometimes it's almost like putting that perspective in place. Like I don't have the back end system that can support 1 million new listeners coming into my podcast so that I can direct them so that they can have the type of experience that I want them to have interacting with me. I personally answer all of my DMs. There's no way I could get to 1 million, right? You know, like logically actually take it back for a second. 
Do you have the team? Do you have the relationships? Do you have the coping mechanisms? Have you set the boundaries up? Or do you actually need the space between where you are now and where you want to go? Do you need this space to qualify you and build so when you get where you want to go, you don't look at back at the path that you took towards getting there and realize that your health was put on the back burner, your marriage was hanging on by a thread, you never got to have any fun or joy in your life, and you got there. And now that you got there, you look around, you're like, crap, was it even worth it? And then you yeah. don't even want to go to the next level. You know, just at that point, you've only scratched the surface on your potential and you don't even want to go to the next level because you're like, this is the path that it took. Like, this is what was required. I'm out. So don't rob yourself of future fulfillment and impact. And honestly, just being able to stabilize your own business by wishing to get there more quickly. Maybe you need this process to qualify yourself so you can handle it. And if you really think about it as like, I like to think of this concept of like extension benefit of like who else is going to benefit as a byproduct of me going for it and who would be negatively impacted if I don't. And when I think about extension benefit, I think it is my job that if I'm gifted this vision and these dreams and these goals on my heart that I want to put out into the world, it's my job to figure out how to get out of my own way and actually make that happen. But it's also my job not to burn out in the process so I don't rob future me of fulfillment, joy, and impact and income, but I also don't rob the other women that I want to impact who are counting on someone exactly like me, just like other women are counting on someone exactly like you to show up and do it in your way. So I make it bigger than me where I I go internally of what do I actually want? And then once I figure out what that is, I'm going to make it bigger because often we won't show up for ourselves, but when we make this vision so much bigger, we're going to show up for that. So I need the space, I guess is kind of my answer is like, I, I know that I need it. Yeah. And I love that because I don't think we often give ourselves the space. I know when I jumped out of corporate into full-time entrepreneurship in the wine business, I spent two years, like I burnt myself out bad. We had that for four years and I'm still, like I say, recovering from the burnout and that I don't feel like I have the stamina like I used to, or it's maybe not that I don't have the stamina. I just know that I don't want to ever get back to that place of burnout because you're not of service, your business won't thrive if you're not thriving like on the inside. And so that was a huge lesson for me. So I just think like space is just such a beautiful thing, but also like having that patience and understanding and knowing that like the journey is helping you become that CEO or entrepreneur that can handle the 1 million downloads or the seven figure business, or, you know, be able to hold a container for hundreds or thousands of people, right? And have that impact. And so I just think that's such a beautiful way to look at it because it, one, helps you ground yourself in that, like having the patience, right? So I want to talk about burnout a little bit, because I think, again, it is something that's an epidemic just in our society in general. But I also see so many entrepreneurs that come into my space who are just like, so exhausted and so tired and so burnt out and burnt out in their business, like any sort of words of wisdom around like how to even move out of the burnout or how to avoid it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, I think it's really interesting where most women that I talk with, I'm like, okay, what does your to-do list look like for today? And the to-do list is something that's not even manageable for like Beyonce and her entire team. Like it's like, there's no way, but we start our day every single day with an unbelievable to-do list that's not even possible. So then every single night, we're putting our head on our pillow feeling like we didn't do enough. As entrepreneurs, you're never going to feel like you did all of the things. That's the new norm, right? For Especially for anyone listening that's a newer in this space or you're evolving to the next like layer or level. It's so important that we recognize that like 
it's our job to take it day by day and ask ourselves on like a granular perspective, what am I doing to contribute to my own burnout? Right. And saying like, okay, there are things like literally just your own to-do list. It's so simple, but it's not common practice that people actually go sit down and say, what are the top three most important things that I need to get done today? I like to think of those like my cake and everything else is sprinkles on top. Like I make it fun because I'm like, I have to, because this is what I have in front of me. Right. So that's one perspective. What I also do that really helps me manage not getting burned out is I block off my priorities before my to-dos. So for example, I look at the week and I'm like, okay, when am I getting my workouts in? When are date nights? When am I unplugged? When am I not within an arm's length distance of my phone, my computer, anything? When am I completely unavailable? When am I working on my own personal growth? When am I completely off? And then when are the hours that I'm working? And it's like, we know as entrepreneurs that however much time we give something is how much time it takes. So it's like creating smaller containers really helps with burnout. And I'm sure you have, but if anyone listening to this has read Brendan Burchard's High Performance Habits, he talks about this study that he did on a bunch of high performers. And essentially our brains are not wired that we can pay attention for more than 55 zero minutes. Yet we've got these four hour blocks where we're trying to force ourselves to like sit for four hours. It's like, how can you make smaller containers in your day? How can you take inventory on your actual to-do list? Asking yourself, like, when's the last time that I did something with no ROI except fun? Like, that was the fun thing because we are our businesses. People are attracted to our energy. We've got to sustain enthusiasm and be steadfast. So it's like, so often we say, well, I don't need to get this workout done. I don't need to do this date night. I don't have time for this. I don't have time to be with my family, with my friends. But it's like, you need to take care of yourself because if you burn out, it's so much harder to get going again, right? Yeah. It's like, if you're building your business, like you're driving a stick shift car up a hill where you're like, I'm all in and then you're all out. It's like, oh my gosh, like think of that, right? Versus if you can find what's the minimum baseline of what I can do to move the needle forward. What's that like mini to-do list every day that I can feel like I'm winning and getting that momentum and you're going to end up accomplishing more, but in the parameters that you give it. And I think it's also just important what's helped me with burnout is I keep reminding myself that I'm teaching people how to treat me and I'm teaching people how to treat my business. So if I'm constantly making myself available or if I'm having all of these communication channels open for everyone that interacts with me, I'm going to get frustrated and people are going to be overstepping boundaries that they don't even know exist because I I haven't explained them. So as my business started to grow more, I started to lessen the amount of communication channels that I interact with certain people that are part of my business. Nobody texts me. Nobody that I do business with texts me, period. Right? I mean, I have a text list that's done through like a platform, but not my personal cell phone number. And I kind of generate where to direct people so that I can conduct like the flow of it. And that helps me a ton with burnout because then I don't feel like I'm always on. Totally. And I think it's so important, like you've touched on like, you know, date night and the gym and all those sorts of things. Cause again, I know in the first two years of business and I'm a big girl, I was talking about this yesterday to somebody like I chose to like not prioritize my health and I let that go. And so this year was really dedicated to like reprioritizing my health. And in April I set four days a week. I go to a personal trainer. It's in my calendar, right? It's like, we have to be responsible for blocking the times off because before you know it, months can go by and you're like, holy smokes, I'm being pulled in a thousand different directions. And how did this even freaking happen? Like, how did I, and the communication channels, right? Is like, how can people access you and come to you? It's not that you're not available to them. It's just, it's in a controlled way so that you don't get 
burnt out with having to respond to DMs or having people text your phone. I mean, that was a big one for me. I would have clients texting my phone and it was like, I have them on the phone. I've got people in my DMs. I got people on Facebook Messenger, emails. Yeah, like it's just not manageable, right? And then you do burnout. And if you care about the people that you're wanting to serve and help, you want to respond and be available to some capacity, right? And so if you don't respond, then you can get all up in your head of like, oh man, I totally dropped the ball there or whatever. And so I just love how you break things down into very sort of like bite-sized chunks for yourself. So in terms of the process in your business, do you feel like, did it just come naturally to you or was it something that you had to work at? Okay. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, it did not come natural. It came from being like, oh, I don't have any boundaries. Crap. No wonder. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm going to take a fork and shove it in my eyeball and individually pull out my hair. It's like, no. So, I mean, a lot of times too, I, I feel like entrepreneurship is, is such a beautiful growth opportunity. Like I love being in this space because I'm constantly learning, like, what do I need to do to support myself to sustain this type of business, to make the type of impacts that I want to make? And it's tweaking so much in different seasons. I can handle more in different seasons. I'm like, wait, I need to scale back. I changed my mind very quickly, which is a massive skill, which is also why I love having a lean team. Like I don't have a big team that I'm working with and which means I can kind of make pivots more quickly. Um, I used to wish that I wanted to have a big team and I want to have all of this. And I'm kind of like, gosh, I love the flexibility that I've created. So I start to think a lot more about like, what is the lifestyle that I want to have? And how can I make the impact that I want to make cultivate a business that supports that, right? Versus I used to think of like, what's the business that I want to make? And then how can I fit my life into my business? Now I'm like, what's the lifestyle that I want to have? And then how can I make my business work in that lifestyle? And flipping that around was a game changer. But at first I had to like stumble through it so much. Like, I mean, a lot of the struggles that I had early on of like, even like leading people was I just assumed early on that everyone was going to be motivated in the same way that I was motivated. And it sounds like, duh, now. But like once I learned a lot about how to motivate myself and different tactical things that I could use to help motivate other people and how to create this joy and like embody being a testimony of what's possible for other people. Like I really love being an entrepreneur. And I also love even when it sucks because I know that I get this freedom. And so it's like asking yourself the questions of like, why are you doing this in the first place? Are you creating a business where now you're an employee, which is what you didn't want to be in the first place? Yeah. And if you are, what can you take off your plate? What can be outsourced, right? Can you hire and outsource for where you want to go versus where you're at? And those types of little tweaks have been so game changer for me. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, I pivot and move really quickly as well in my business. And so again, I always feared having a big team because I'm like, will they keep up with me? Will they be able to keep up with me? Because I have a small lean team as well. And I'm always like, do I need to grow it bigger in order to get the impact and create that impact that I want? And I love hearing from entrepreneurs that have built highly successful businesses, but have this lean team because I think, you know, you can have both. But I also really love what you talk about fitting, like having a lifestyle, creating the lifestyle that you want And then putting the business within that so that it fits. Because I know in my first foray in entrepreneurship, that was not it. It was like the business was my life and I don't have time for anything else. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I actually just closed down one portion. We had a membership community and it was generating like $18,000 a month and it was pretty passive, but it required for me to be on these Zoom calls at night often, like every single week. And I was like, okay, let me play this out to the future. 
is this what I actually want? And if it isn't, I need to come up with a way that I can get excited about something else and create a different stream of income. So we closed it. And a lot of people are like, why would you ever close something that's clearly working? I'm like, because I know the lifestyle that I want and I'll create something that can make more income than that because it will feel in alignment. And it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning is because I'm so rooted in building confidence, I just believe in my ability to figure it out because I'm so used to the ups and downs of it now, having been in this space for like seven years that I'm like, oh, this is just part of it. You're going to not feel alignment. You're going to not know what's next, but you can't focus on the how it's the why because the how figures itself out especially as it's like, it's never going to be a lack of resources in 2021. Like it's just a lack of resourcefulness, which we can control. So it's almost like when I started, like, instead of pointing the finger at everybody else or, oh, I need to be doing this or like, what are they doing? It's like, point it back at myself and say, what can I own here? Like, what do I actually want? And how can I create that? So yeah, that's been a game changer. Yeah. And I think the belief in yourself, right? Because I think like it it does go back to the confidence and that belief in yourself. Like I hear so many aspiring or new entrepreneurs like, will this work? Is it going to work? And it's like having that belief that it's going to work. It might not work the way that you think or have predicted. I always say like, let the world surprise you. Let the universe surprise you with how it's going to be delivered, right? Like the how. Let Decide what you want and why you want it. And then see what happens. Because I hear, again, so often, you know, people are like, they're trying to control the process. They're trying to control every little thing and grip and control. So what would you say for like helping people like release and let go of that control in their business? Honestly, think back in your life of things that you wanted to work out that didn't, that you realized it actually turned out even better. Like, I mean, a lot of us can think about that with past relationships. We're like that person that you were like, I have to be that person. You're like, Thank God I did not marry that person, right? Or I have to have this role and I'm so glad I didn't get there. Like, or it's just like, look back at the past. Like if you call your shot and you put it out there, like I truly do believe that as long as you're open-minded to things coming in different packages than you might expect, like it's gonna work out for you and it's actually gonna work out better. But you have to actually believe that you're gifted this vision because you're also gifted the ability to figure it out. And your vision is not gonna look like anybody else's, but your gift to the world is getting out of your own way to do it. And your gift to a future version of you is figuring out how to trust it. And at first, when you don't have that evidence to look back on, when you're new in entrepreneurship, you have no proof to look back on to say, see, last time I did this, this worked out. So if you're new, you have to borrow belief from other people that are telling you, I promise you, just stay the course. It's going to work out until you have that belief in yourself. But once you've been in the game for a little while, I can look back now at things that didn't go according to plan that I'm like, oh, thank you. Right. I'm so glad that didn't work out. And then I can see like, well, I navigated it even when it didn't go according to plan. So I believe that I can navigate future curveballs too. So it kind of just depends on the season that you're in. If you're brand new and you feel like you're doubting yourself a ton, there is no way to bypass that stage. You need that stage. This is the character, grit, resilience building stage that a future version of you is going to be so grateful to have as evidence that you can handle this. So you just have to muscle through it at the beginning and screw up a ton. And then you're still going to screw up later, but you're just going to believe that even if you screw up, you'll be able to figure it out anyway. (laughs) Totally, totally. And you talk about seasons, like you talk about the seasons of business and like when to kind of push and when to kind of pull back. So I'd love for you to share like your seasons. Like how do you know when is the time to sort of like go full throttle and when's the time to like maybe pull back or pivot or change directions or yeah. So sometimes you get to create them and then sometimes the world creates them for you, right? So for us, for my fiance actually just lost his dad uh, three months ago. 
Wow. That caused us to, we live in Austin, Texas. We went up to Seattle where he lives and we had to really halt everything in the business. And it only made me more grateful to be in this space, to have the opportunity to do that, to go be by his side in hospice, you know, things of that sort. So sometimes you want to resist the world telling you that you need to change. Like, oh, this is what my plan was, but like, you need to put your attention somewhere else. So in those cases, it's like developing a new success criteria for what winning the day and winning your business looks like in that particular season while you're navigating something that's on the forefront that you just need to handle, right? And then in other times, it's asking myself like, when is a time that I can build something that's pretty stable and then still try out something new on the side so I can make the decision of what I'm most excited about? Because I'm always asking myself, number one, who's the person that I'm most excited to serve? And what type of emotions is she experiencing? How can I connect with her so I can create products for her? But then I like to get something to a point where it's kind of like a well-oiled machine. Like I talked to you about that membership, right? So I had this membership working and I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel a new season of like, I just want more creativity. I'm going to keep that going. I'm not going to just completely shut it down. I'm going to keep it going and I'm going to come up with something else that can replace that, that I think could be really fun for me. So it's almost like, how can you stabilize one section of your business and then add something on the side? And that side thing has always been really helpful for me to kind of test the waters because there's not as much pressure that it has to be the thing that works out, but you can kind of just navigate when you're in a season where you've been cruising for too long, you're not growing, you're going to feel bored. You're going to feel stale. You're going to feel stuck. So what can you try that won't jeopardize your entire business, but you could maybe just try on the side and then asking yourself, what can I take off my plate that doesn't have to be done by me? So you can create space for you to think because you don't even yeah. know what season you need to be in unless you have enough space that you can think like, am I in a creative season or do I just need to maintain right now? Because my life is so crazy outside of my business. So I'm constantly saying like, what can I outsource so I can create those pockets to think? And that has been yeah. so helpful to navigate like what's most important. Yeah. The pockets to think, the space to think and space be the creative. So, you know, I always say like, if you're burnt out or operating from a state of burnout or just that overwhelm in your brain, like you're just going to really struggle to create specifically around messaging and copywriting is what I help most of my clients with. Right. And it's like, I can't write, I don't know what to create. I don't know what content to put out there. And it's usually coming from a place of like overwhelm and not actually giving yourself the space as the CEO of a business to actually be creative, which is like, what a lot of us got into business for in a lot of ways, yes, freedom, but we are creative and innovative beings that want to make a difference and change the world and do all the things. And so if we don't give ourselves that space to do that, it's really, really hard. And yes, being, you know, having that experiment, like experimenting with things. And have you ever brought anything onto your plate and tried things out that didn't work that you were like, well, that didn't work out or that, yeah, wasn't what I expected. I launched a planner and it sold out. So like by standards of other people's standards looking in, it was successful, I guess. But I really didn't like it. I was getting so many messages of people with like all these random questions about how to use it because it was like uniquely laid out. And I had like a video and everything of how, but people just like didn't get it. And I got so many questions about it that I was like, wow, I poorly like trained the consumer on how to use it. And I don't want to answer these questions all day. So we literally just discontinued it. And I was like, I don't like the way it feels to have this type of a product versus now like helping podcasters and stuff like that. I love answering questions about podcasting. So I can get those types of questions. So it's also asking yourself, like, if you try something and it doesn't work, like, do you have the opportunity that you could just cut it off so you don't have to deal with the repercussions of it? 
and just write it off as an experiment. Because now I'm like, oh yeah, I launched a physical product. I learned how that part worked. These are the parts that I didn't like. This is the part that I would never do again. This is what I did like. And now I know, and people still message me because I used to talk about it in earlier podcasts. So yeah. like, can I get one of those with intention planners? And I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> They're dead. They're so. done. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that's the thing is like, you do have to take the steps and make the action in your business or try the different things to even know, like you might not know when you launch it, like the questions that are going to come in or, you know, cause I've always thought of like, I do photography as well. So I was like, Oh, like maybe I should do like presets. And then in my head, I'm like, I'm going to have to answer tech questions. Like, you know, I'm starting to think of the things that I could add to my business that would complement it. But then it's like, sometimes it just takes doing it to realize, Ooh, like I didn't, I didn't realize I was going to have to do all these things like wine making and wine production. Like it's laborious and it's a lot of cleaning and it's monotonous, mundane, repetitive work, which is like, so not my way of doing things. And so, but it took me to open the business, to start it, to do all that, to realize that it just wasn't in alignment with me. And so it does, yeah, take testing and trying things out. And so what would you say your definition of success is? I just want to feel fulfilled that comes from growth and pushing outside of my comfort zone. Like one of my core values is just enthusiasm. Like I just want to be excited. So like I use my own internal knowing as a compass for kind of, am I growing to the point that I actually don't, am I doing things that I'm not sure I can accomplish yet? So I can literally become the woman that can accomplish it. That's success to me, right? Am I getting to be present where my feet are and feel like I'm laughing a ton and having the full contrast of being a human, which means I want to cry too, right? Like I want to feel the full spectrum and success to me is having all of that, having the full experience of being a human having growth that makes me feel like I'm constantly evolving and then having enthusiasm because of the impact that I'm making. And right now that's working for me, but the definition of what that's going to look like in three months is going to be completely different in six months. When I'm a parent, like every different season of life is going to still get to use kind of that criteria, but it's going to look different in how it's expressed. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the humanness that you talk about, because I think again, this journey, I hear from entrepreneurs often that this journey feels lonely to them to some degree, and that, you know, they feel like they're the only ones going through the highs and the lows. But like, every entrepreneur has those like, I call rock bottom moments where you are ugly crying on the bathroom floor, or you just want to completely light your entire business on fire and say, I'm done. Or that you have these like really high highs. And you're like, this is amazing. This is why I do what I do. And that, you know, there is that roller coaster that you're going to experience from day to day. And it's just a matter of, as you said, you know, just knowing that you're human and feeling that and carrying on, so to speak, and continuing to win the day, as you say. So is there anything else you would love to share with the listeners before we wrap up today? I just want like everyone to remind themselves like how worthy and capable you are of doing this. And I think so often we're our own worst critics as humans and as entrepreneurs, like humaning itself is tough sometimes. Throw in the fact that you're also an entrepreneur who desperately wants to make an impact and also understands how much potential that you have. And it's so easy to turn this into this messy disaster type feeling of like, ah, this like frantic nature. But in reality, just lean back in, right? I'm worthy. I'm capable. I'm excited. There's going to be bumps along the way. And that's what it is. Like you said, like that roller coaster but just how can I get excited to be buckled up for the whole ride and yeah. understand that if I didn't have the lows, I wouldn't have the contrasting highs. So 
So like, if you've got this vision, you are qualified for this vision right now. You're not qualified for where you want to go yet, but you're qualifying yourself in the process. So stay buckled up, keep reminding yourself that you're capable and this is all part of it. And I'm rooting for you. Yeah, so beautiful. And I've had such a pleasure chatting with you and connecting with you today. I just absolutely love your energy and vibe. And it's been been such a pleasure. So where can people find you? They want to connect. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. My favorite social media platform is Instagram. It's just at Keisha, K-A-C-I-A dot Fitzgerald. My podcast is called Empower Her Podcast. It's a Monday, Thursday podcast. Come check it out. I answer all of my DMs. I love doing that. I always prioritize that. So if you like this episode, tag us, let us know. Awesome. And yeah, thank you so much again. Yeah, thank you. And we'll definitely link those links up in the show notes so that you guys can easily find them. And yes, thanks again for being on. I know this is going to be gold for our listeners. So thank you so much. Honestly, when I jumped off this recording, I was buzzing and it reassured me and I hope it reassured you too, that even though we have these really crazy big goals that we want to achieve, that it's important to make sure that we're loving what we're doing and we're really loving the process. Even if it makes us ugly cry on the bathroom floor. Personally, I don't cry that often. For me, I know when things are feeling kind of icky or off in my business is when I wake up in the middle of the night with these sort of unsettled feelings in my stomach. You might resonate with that. Maybe it resonate with the ugly cry. Maybe you resonate with both or something totally, completely different. But either way, I remember feeling like something was wrong in my business, that nobody else was feeling this way, and that I'd either try to ignore it or power through it. But now for me, it's a sign that I either have to reevaluate, reground myself in what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, and lean in to hear what's up. I know now that it's all part of the process. And it's hard sometimes when we're looking at everybody else and seeing what everybody else is doing. And we see these really flashy goals that were achieved in three months, you know, how I grew my Instagram to 50,000 followers in three months, or how I earned six figures in less than a year or six months or whatever it might be. And we can get sort of caught up in that whole idea. But I'm going to guarantee you, and as Keisha shared in this podcast, that They've all experienced this process that is not always comfortable, is not always easy, and that challenges us. It's not all roses and rainbows, right? It's a process, and we've got to learn to love it. Now, on episode number 22, I've got another amazing guest. And I know I say this all the time, but next week is no exception. I have Rachel Horworth on to talk about how to sell authentically. In fact, her saying is how to make selling easy, not sleazy. Most of my audience hate selling, but you love what you do and you're damn freaking good at it. But you find selling, the selling part of it, awkward, uncomfortable, and icky. So if that sounds like you, be sure to tune in to next week because it's going to be amazing. But before you rush off, I have a real favor to ask you. If you loved this episode, today's episode, please share a screenshot of you listening to it in your stories on Instagram so that I can show you the love. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here next time. You can also find us on social media at Creatively Owned and online at creativelyowned.com. Until next time, keep showing up as your authentic self.